Millie stared at her reflection and smiled knowingly to herself. No wrinkles, no crow's feet. A smattering of silver hair, but that could easily be tamed with a good hair dye. No one would ever guess her true age. No one would ever guess her true nature. Turning away from the mirror, she headed towards the door leading to the garden. Opening it, she stepped onto the cool tiles, walking until she reached the grass, which was damp from dewfall. Allowing her robe, along with other limiting excesses, to drop around her feet, Millie, with lightning bolt speed, whirled into the lushly forested gully. I'm Michelle. Welcome back to Caribbean Folklore and Mysteries. Millie, Millie, take care and there by yourself at night, cause these days is funny nights. Millie looked down from her veranda. She was a loner, whose reputed reputation meant her neighbors very rarely took the time to speak to or check in on her. So it piqued her curiosity to see who was verbally addressing her that morning. There, along her garden path, she saw Champ, the local busybody of sorts, who held on to and practiced long-dismissed beliefs such as walking in his house backwards if he reached home after 9 p.m. at night. He was generally harmless and one of the few neighbors who had always been civil, even sweet to her, from the first time she moved in over 13 years ago. His respectful kindness never wavered, even when the community rumor mill was rife with stories about her. Champ, what you talking about? Beep, you ain't here, or get updates on your phone. They say a greasy man terrorizing the parish. Three houses get attacked, so shut up good at night. Champ, a grease man, you sure? I haven't heard about those since my gran was alive. She always told stories of their attacks from in her youth. Who in these times really going about as a grease man? Champ shrugged and responded. I can't answer or explain, but time's hard and people desperate. They will take whatever measures to carry out the wicked deeds. Millie returned to her sofa, continuing where she left on her laptop. A few hours later, she noted activity at the house across the road from her home. She then closed the laptop to indulge in the age-old practice of maliciousing, aka being nosy. The activity appeared to stem from a new family moving in. Millie noted a heavily pregnant female, a little girl who looked to be around 9-10, all accompanied by family and possibly friends, helping with the move, and then appeared Betty. Betty was the local gossip, the mean kind. Her presence there before the family even spent one night meant that the new adult residents would be bombarded with all the rumors and warnings that had manifested around her and other residents from time. Retiring to the confines of her home, 
Millie thought. It will be interesting to have a newborn baby in the neighbourhood. Very interesting. Youth brought invigoration. Almost a renewal of the soul. Four weeks passed and Millie was out in her garden collecting mangoes with Kayla. Kayla was the daughter of her new neighbour and, much to Millie's surprise, the two of them struck a fast friendship with mutual appreciation and respect for each other. It started when she and Kayla passed each other as Kayla was walking to the neighbourhood shop whilst Millie headed home from a visit to the gully located at the southernmost end of the village. Good morning, miss. Millie was caught off guard by the child's friendly greeting. Good morning to you, young one. Why do you like the gully so much, miss? Millie was a bit astonished by the child's bold, brazen question, but quickly composed herself, querying why she had made such an assumption. It turned out the question stemmed from snippets of conversations she overheard Betty relaying to her mum. But that random question ignited ongoing communication between the two, with Kayla wandering over every time Millie was working or relaxing on her patio. Kayla would regale Millie with endless questions and obscure random comments that are born from brilliant developing young minds. Millie learned Kayla missed living in her old neighborhood because of her friends there, but liked the sounds of nature at night in her new country home, especially the symphony created by the orchestra of crickets, lightning bugs, and whistling frogs. Science was her passion and favorite subject at school. She loved science fiction. And as much as rumors of the grease man on the loose scared her, Champ obviously had paid a welcome visit. She did not miss her stepfather being around. She was happy it was just her, her mom, and her soon-to-be baby brother. She hoped that even after the baby was born, he would continue to stay away. Millie never pressed with further questions, but instinctively knew Kayla's stepfather had left an indelible negative mark on her. As Millie continued to help Kayla pick half-ripe mangoes to take home for her mum's pregnancy cravings, Kayla, in what had become her customary manner, started with, So, Miss Millie, you know my granny came in to help mummy out when the baby comes. Miss Millie, you know she spent all last night filling up seven vials with salt and rice grains. And when I asked her why she was wasting food like that, she told me it was to protect baby Brian when he arrives. That every night we have to sprinkle a vial around his crib or bassinet, one by each window and the door in mummy's room, and one by each of the windows and door in his nursery. She said it is something they always did from when she was a little girl in St. Lucia to keep away La Sucuyon. Now, Miss Millie, you know I had to research the Sucuyon character, and it just makes no sense to me. Now, first of all, I could not find 
any scientific evidence of its existence. Then how this creature operates makes no sense. Why shed your skin before you go flying around attacking people? That would make you more vulnerable. Look at the animal kingdom. Hermit crabs find a new shell before discarding this old one. When a lobster has to molt or go through the whole process, they do so in a secure, protected area. Because to just do it out in the open, they would be too exposed and too vulnerable. So this shedding skin thing, I, I just don't understand it. And why attack babies? Babies don't hurt anyone. Why can't it attack some of the wicked adults that go around hurting others? Millie smiled. Kayla truly was a special child with insight beyond her years. Well, Kayla, I am no expert, but maybe she, because growing up, they always refer to the old hag or la sucuyon as female. Maybe she sheds her skin to embrace her true nature, her authentic identity. Maybe you can't apply human or animal scientific principles to the supernatural. So instead of becoming more vulnerable without that superficial layer of skin, maybe that makes her more powerful and better able to defeat her victims or foes. As for your question around babies, I don't know. I know in some islands they say she attacks adults too. But look at it this way, maybe. You know your cat Muffy hunts birds, baby birds included, because that is a food source. It could be the same rationale that maybe babies are just a food source so they can survive. Not a nice thought, but that could be why. Kayla didn't seem too convinced. Giving Millie a dead blank stare and then shrugging her shoulders, she muttered it still didn't make sense and thought Gran was wasting rice and salt on an old-timey belief. Millie laughed, selected one more mango, and sent Kayla home with a full bag that would allow her mum to satisfy her green mango cravings and make chow with what remained. Nine days later, baby Brian made his appearance. Kayla's visits became less frequent as she settled into the role of protective doting big sister. Word even reached Millie that she was willingly helping her grandmother cover and protect areas every night before bed with those vials of rice and salt. On the 15th morning after baby Brian's arrival, just as dawn broke, Kayla's household woke the entire neighborhood with blood-curdling screams. Sirens pierced the air and the entire community, with the exception of Millie, surrounded Kayla's home eager to receive news of what took place that caused the screams and flood of emergency vehicles from the police, fire service, and ambulance. As the sun stretched its rays to warm the land and massage beads of sweat from the crowd gathered, 
Word made its way that Kayla's grand had gone outside that morning to cut some lemongrass for tea. Waiting for her on the back lawn was the badly charred body of a male figure clad in just underwear and lathered in a greasy substance. The burn marks on his body formed a spiraling pattern that, not for the morbid circumstance, one would have found the markings soothingly artistic. In addition, the body held a drained look to it, for even under the layers of grease and amidst the patches of charred skin, one could tell the very essence of life had been sucked away. An autopsy report would later confirm that 90% of blood reserves had been removed from the victim. Rapid notification pings from Millie's phone woke her just around sunset. It was Champ. He messaged her to advise that the naked man found outside Kayla's home that morning was indeed the culprit grease man who had been terrorizing the parish. His message further said, Millie, it don't make sense though. How a whole big man get attacked by somebody or something that carry he blood, burn he all over he body, and not a boy ain't even hear a whisper? Not one member of Kayla's household could recall hearing any disturbance during the night, save for the crickets keeping the usual noise. Millie decided she would respond to Champ later. She got out of bed and headed straight for her mirror, looking at her reflection and thought, no one would guess my true age. No one would guess my true nature. She stuck her tongue out, licking away the red substance that had dried onto the corners of her mouth. Smiling, she headed to the bathroom, thinking a nice long soap was exactly what she needed to wash away the faint smell of smokiness that lingered on her skin. Have you listened to the very first episode of Caribbean Folklore and Mysteries? It covered the tale of La Sucayon, apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly, who's also known as the Old Hag. If you haven't or need a reminder, I've placed the link to the episode in the show's notes, so click and take a listen when you're finished here. Now, in this episode, I wanted to explore the layers and possible backstory of this particular folklore character a bit more, given a bit of grace that maybe there was a method to her actions. Maybe her victims weren't always as innocent as our stories have traditionally told. Or, quite simply, maybe what she did was just rooted in basic survival techniques. We all have to feast on something in order to survive. Now, the origins of Old Hag probably came across with the European colonizers and their vampire tales. However, once landed on these tropical shores, it evolved to where it shed its skin before attacking. And on some islands, it particularly targeted babies 
whereas in others, it did not discriminate taking adult victims as it saw fit. Actually, I have done a really in-depth story exploring the evolution of this folklore character from the first days of colonization to modern times, delving deeply into the possible whys as it related to the fixation on newborn infants. Maybe I will produce it in a future podcast, but it would be really lengthy. Is that something you'd be interested in? Let me know. Actually, you know what? Scrap that. I'm speaking it into being here and now. You, my wonderful audience, will experience my portrayal and research of La Soucouillon's evolution on screen. Netflix, Amazon, you listening? Any film producers out there want to work with me? What about some talented animators? Hit me up. Let's create something marvelous for the screen in 2022. Now, on to the other character within this story, the Grease Man. The Grease Man was a thief who, before going out to commit his heinous acts, would strip down to Jess's underwear, covered his body in a slippery substance such as Vaseline, but usually some industrial type grease product so that when he went around at night up to no good, any attempt to capture or hold on to him, if he was possibly caught, would be futile, as he could easily slip away from one's grasp. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in once more. I really appreciate your support. I really appreciate your feedback. Please continue to share this and other episodes with your friends, with your family, and within your social media circles. Subscribe or follow if you don't already. Oh, and join the group's Facebook page. The link is in the show notes, or next time you are on Facebook, just search for Caribbean Folklore and Mysteries and hit follow. You can email me at folkloremysteries at gmail.com. And until next time, Thank you once more and bye-bye.